Um, do you want to do the same thing last time where we can record it and then just put it on the, the private thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I like it. Cool, cool. Someday we'll look back at these or we'll show our kids and be like, never, <laughs> never do what we did. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll look at at least one of these again at some point. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to know that it's there. Okay, let's start with an easy one. So I was just thinking, and I have a lot of like vivid memories from your mom's house when we were little of like peeling apple skin because you didn't like it. Dewey playing bug dumb, playing Star Wars on the PSP late at night on sleepovers, the big rock in your backyard, uh, our fort that we built and cutting my finger with the box, box cutter. Yeah. And I'm just like looking back at all of those memories and there are so many, but like, I just wanted to start by asking like, what are some of your memories from our childhood together? Hmm. I love that question. Even you giving the examples, like, I don't even know when the last time I was that I thought of Dewey or like, yeah, playing the PSV at night. Um, hmm. Let me think. Okay. The first big one that comes to mind was our time at, well, actually not at the house, but when we visited, when my mom and I visited you and your mom in Texas. Mm. Um, right. And playing a lot of Pokemon, um, playing laser tag. Yes. I remember. Oh, laser I'm, tag. Holy shit. Yeah. I have this memory when we got there, you, you gave me some Pokemon cards, which is cool. I think maybe Slowpoke or Slowking was one of them. Nice. Um, I forgot yeah, how important Pokemon was to our childhood. Yeah, and, and I remember having a lot of fun, yeah, playing Pokemon with you. We got the, well, I remember I got the Dark Rise starter deck, and I think you oh, got the Tapia one. Dark Rise. But, Holy but then I, shit. And I got some packs, and I, I opened the Dark Rise level X, I think, and it was just yeah. overpowered. So <laughs> broken. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that was I like also the remember. beginning of my end of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of the end. <laughs> This is cool. This is like a nostalgia lane. I remember at the time I was reading like, did you ever read the Warrior series uh -huh. with the, the cats? Yeah, I remember reading those and and loving it. Um, yeah, and then let's see at the house. I, remember, hmm. I also remember playing Magic on one of the days when we were fasting for two meals i think because it was a sacred fire practice day we had practice days yeah there were like two <laughs> I don't remember there that was all. like one day lead one day like a few months before where we would like skip one meal Whoa. and then another day where we would skip two meals so i think it was like that makes a lot of sense yeah i think you slept over and we didn't have lunch or dinner maybe and then my mom made like a big breakfast oh uh, yeah yeah um also you used to have an airbnb in your house i forgot about that yes yeah yeah i think that was cool how um this is one of the things i didn't really fully realize at the time but like how creative my mom was and like totally getting different yeah because she didn't really have a full-time job because she wanted to raise me mm -hmm. and so like that was just the many one of many things she did because the bs the boston symphony orchestra i think it was them would come right. to the summer for tanglewood and mm -hmm. so like she could just find someone and like they would pay for a few months to have that room for the summer. Yeah, um, that's cool. She did Airbnb before it was. Yeah, before it was was a thing. Oh man. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't 
most of those memories that I'm thinking of with you, I feel like was maybe like nine, 10, 11, 12, kind of, because I don't really remember, I don't know, do you have many memories of us before then? I mean, Texas would have been nine for you, I think. Then, um, so basically everything before that would have been younger. Yeah. But I don't, no, I don't really remember. I think, um, yeah. I think we probably really bonded that's I mean we were always close right but like that summer after I came back from Texas and I was like at my dad's in Pittsfield or at my grandparents and just like for like three months and we probably mm -hmm. like hung out a lot then I think when we were younger we always would hang out with like Raven too um, yeah oh, also I was thinking we should bring Raven on at some point oh yeah dude I haven't I think the last time I talked to him was June June yeah Holy yeah, shit, yeah. That's so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, I, yeah, I need, this is a good reminder. I'll, wait, where's my, I'm going to make it. Well, yeah, I need to make a note to talk to him. No, it's okay. Do it now. I'm going to go put this pie in the top. <laughs> uh, what was um, that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot I switched my microphone to my computer. But I was saying I could still talk to you while I was walking. <laughs> <laughs> I can still talk to you while I'm walking. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Um, okay, with that icebreaker out of the way, I have some hard yeah. questions. Ah, perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see, which one should I start with? Okay. Let's stick with the childhood thing. So this one is much heavier, but your dad died when you were two. Mm -hmm. Do you still have like trauma or sadness associated with that? Hmm. And this is something that when I was writing the question, I realized that I genuinely don't know the answer. Don't know. Yeah, cool. Cause that's what I was trying to do with your questions. Um, as far as I know, I don't have any trauma associated with it. Um, sadness. I do. Yeah. So, and this is something that's come up more uh, at certain points over the past four or five years, um, because I would say I didn't experience much sadness for the first like 18 years of my life, I think, because I mean, there's a period of time where I didn't really understand what had happened. And then I have this one memory. I talked to my mom about this uh, a few months ago. I have this one memory, maybe I was, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight or nine or somewhere in there where I remember we were sitting at the dinner table and I, maybe she had brought him up or something. And I remember I just, I asked why he had to die. And then I just like started crying. And then, wow. and I was like laying on her. So I was young. So I started crying and obviously she started crying. And I think, but that's kind of my memory. So I, I that was at some point I knew right? Like that it was sad. Um, but yeah, then I honestly didn't think about it. I guess it wasn't on my mind too much because I, I don't have any memories with him. So yeah. I would imagine it's different from, you know, a dad dying maybe when, when you're older. So even like in high school, it's almost like it's something almost that you forget, not, not like for a while, but it's not on my mind because there's nothing to forget. It. Like there's, there's nothing yeah, that I yeah. could re remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, in college, I think it was my sophomore year where it just sort of came up a little bit for me more. 
I'm, I don't really remember why I didn't really think about it much, but I just remember like a few nights. Well, I remember because I, I had a single room that could have had something to do with it. My freshman year, I had two roommates. Mm. So I remember my sophomore year, I could just do things like uh, stay up later and like cry there. Right, I remember yeah. nights doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like <laughs> stay up later and masturbate too. But like, yeah. also, I realized that could have been the, sometimes at the same time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I realized that could have was probably the natural. Um, yeah. No, but I remember like. Um, no, I actually was expecting to cry because yeah, like, okay. that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what having a single was yeah. all about. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing that sometimes. Um, and yeah, then. So there was that. And then the, the next time when it really started to kick off more was my senior year. So um, earlier in high school, this is yeah, in high school, my uncle Bill, my dad's brother, at one point gave me um, a really yeah, a really sacred gift, which was a stack of letters that my dad had written wow. when he was younger from some to his parent. They were all to his parents, my grandparents, or to his family um, from his time in college. And then from when he was living at Kripalu and like when he met my mom. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I've probably read those maybe probably a total of at least 10 times, maybe 15, just kind of every now and then over the course of several years. And I remember my senior year of college, um, I read them and it was, it was I, I remember this very well. It was the morning before I was going to take mushrooms for the, for the first time and I read Whoa. them and I just kind of had this realization, like every other time, this was the first time I had read them in over a year. So every other time I read them, I hadn't really connected with them as much, but mm. this time I had gotten really into like, by now I was really into meditation and like philosophy and stuff. And I read what he was saying again. And I was like, Oh, like, that was, I think, or around then was when I realized that uh, it sounds like we had a lot in common, like he and I did, and how just mm -hmm. like, man, I would love to just like get to talk to him. Um, and yeah, so then th those sort of thoughts and feelings have been with me more continuously, like being on this trip and just realizing like, I think we were into a lot of the same things. And, and yeah, for a lot of my life, I didn't even ask people about him. My mom a few times. But uh, I remember like last summer I asked a few people and, and and I did a little bit, but I just, yeah, one of the things I realized is like when I get back, spending more time talking to people who knew him and mm. kind of like getting, I realized I don't know him really well. Like there are many stories I haven't heard. And yeah, like I remember uh, last summer I learned for the first time that uh, he had three siblings and I, I was talking to my aunt, his sister, and I asked if any of the kids had been, any of them had ever been grounded and I was expecting maybe my uncle Bill because he was yeah. that, that was the image I had of him and she said well your dad was once and that was he was the only one and I said oh why Whoa. and he said well when he was 15 her, our parents discovered that he was growing pot on the roof or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh man I just didn't know this about him <laughs> so uh yeah um so I think just you know over the past year well no now now it's been like a year and a half he's just been more on my mind and yeah, wishing I could just know him. So yeah, and at times there's definitely been sadness with that because it's just kind of, yeah, you know, death is a basic fact of life. And it's like, man, I really want to know him. And if there's like one thing I know for certain in life, it's that I'll never get to talk to him, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's definitely some sadness with that. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, while you were talking, I was thinking about, and you know, this is not directly relatable, but like how my parents split up when I was like eight months old and how like sometimes I'll just think about the fact that I like never knew 
my parents together. And that's just like hard. Like it's kind of the same thing because it's, I mean, it's again, like I don't want to make it the same, but like yeah, yeah. the whole just like, you know, there's the death of people and then there's the death of things and relationships and situations, right? And like sometimes when we look back and we're like, wow, I wish I had experienced that thing before it was gone, you know? And like, yeah. yeah. So thanks for sharing. I like, yeah. appreciate your vulnerability. Yeah, thank you. And I, one other thing I just thought of that I'll add is this was earlier this year and probably March or April when I was at the Mindfulness Project and we would do talking circles a lot of nights. And I remember one night, um, one of the questions was, it was something like, um, if you could one thing about your childhood what would it be mm-hmm. and so I remember I, I I talked about my dad and uh it was that was kind of one of the moments I had where I was sort of figuring it out but I remember then as I was sharing it with the group realizing like yeah man I would love I don't even think I said like I, I don't know it's one of those kind of topics where I'm not even 100% positive I would change what because like I don't know you don't know what would happen if like I could change yeah, that he right, wouldn't have died right. but what I said I, I don't know about that what I would have liked to change was to have memories of him or to like be able to talk to him like one of those things and I think when I said it out loud to the group kind of made me reinforce like how much I actually did did want that yeah did you ever like resonate with Harry Potter oh absolutely yeah 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 so I mean I love the story for many reasons but one was that um I think one of yeah I mean both of his parents died and for me it was one but one of the biggest things in the I think in the movies too, but I remember in the books was that um, people would always say, you look like your dad, yeah. but you have your mother's eyes. And yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but but people have said the, the exact same thing to me. Because I, I have my mom's yeah. eyes, but everyone says I, I look like my dad. And yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely related to Harry Potter um, mm-hmm. in that way, I think. And also, I think he's just an awesome, an awesome yeah. character and an awesome series. But yeah, yeah, that I thought think it just was like that came and I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Really, read this so many times. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Now I'm thinking about it because one of the biggest themes in the books is, is death. And right. I, and it's interesting going through this process. I think, I mean, I, I was really cared a lot about that and I didn't really think about it too much. But yeah, I'm sure a big part of that was that my dad had died. And, and so, yeah, reading the books and seeing him go through that and, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So, um, if it, can we move on? Is that okay? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, let me think. I think for one second, if there's anything. It's like moving on to a tangential subject. Yeah, I think. Yep. So you mentioned that you read those letters the day, the morning before you did shrooms. Yeah. What, like, were those, did they connect at all or was your stream experience totally disconnected? They, they did connect because. And was that your first trip on psychedelics or did yeah. you do LSD first? No, that was my first one. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, and that was senior year, right? Yes. Yeah, senior year. That nice. was April 7th, <laughs> 2019, <laughs> four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I made a very Nutella mushroom sandwich. Um, yeah. Well, so here's what I wonder. <laughs> Let me, yeah, yeah. this will take uh, one minute. I want to pull up the document so I can, sure, I can yeah. quote. Um, I think it's like hilarious that you know the exact time and date 
<laughs> because I like yeah. don't, but I also know that like looking back, like my streams experiences have been easily like some of the most transformative ones of my life. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, like that day is so important. Okay. So here, um, Okay, so, so here's what happened. So it was before, I took them in the afternoon. So that morning I decided I would kind of like read the, just, you know, like people talk about set and setting and I, I take that seriously. So I thought it would yeah. be nice to read the letters. And this is the first time reading them in after a year. And so I have, this is the part of the letter. The, um, well, actually there, there were two things. One was that he wrote, one, in one of the letters he referenced the date April 7th because he was, that was the date he and my mom got married. And I was like, oh, it's oh. April 7th today. But then the other portion I can share, I'll just read what he wrote. This was the end of one of his letters to his parents. And what he's referring to is Kripalu, which is the ashram he stayed at. Because um, I, his parents are pretty religious, so they had concerns about him living at a yoga ashram for a while. But, <laughs> yeah. so, so this is referring to that, but it's cut off. But where it starts is, thing that ever happened to me, and truly hope that your trust in my judgment is enough to ease any worries you may have. I am here because I take life seriously. We are here to attain a higher consciousness, a more pure awareness. Right now I see this as my only real purpose in life. I hope you can understand. Feel free to write your call and I will do the same. Love, Bob. So I read that. This is like the morning of. And I was like, whoa, like oh, yeah, I am whoa. very interested in those topics now that I've like gotten into meditation. I, I'm literally... Like he says, uh, a higher consciousness. That's what I want to do. I'm taking mushrooms this afternoon. Like, and so I just remember reading it that morning and just like feeling like, whoa, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so then it kind of, how did it connect? Oh, and then I think I took a picture of it on my phone and at, towards the end of the trip, hmm. kind of like when coming down, I saw the picture and I just like, felt more connected with it and was really excited. So I shared it with my friend who was there. Cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So moving like a little bit further, mm -hmm. mushrooms, meditation, spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who? Yeah, those have been some of the biggest topics for me in the past two years. So yeah yeah let me think where to start well how did you discover them first of all yeah 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 so I guess, I guess the place to start would be right before them which was the so there's a there's the Pali language which is like the ancient language of India that like the, mm -hmm. the Buddha and talked in and so there's a, a Pali world word dukkha and that trans has a few translations but the common ones are suffering and unsatisfactoriness and I connect with suffering, but I really connected with unsatisfactoriness. And I think the yeah. word dukkha really just, I could relate to because I felt dissatisfied with a lot of my life. So I'm thinking back now to like summer after junior year, because this is when I got into meditation and when medit and at a very natural point, there were sort of two parallel things that are obviously interconnected. One is that I was super interested in meditation just because I was very interested in learning about my own mind and all of the practicality behind it and the philosophy and all of that on one hand and on the other hand I was just not enjoying things and I had a yeah. sense that meditation could help with that so those are like connected but um and it was a coincidence I wasn't like oh man I'm really struggling I need to find an answer and I did a bunch of research and found meditation 
there, it was basically two things that happened at the same time. So that summer, I was just not happy. I was, um, do, work, the job I had, I realized I didn't like, I wasn't just really connected with like, the trees job. I did okay. it the earlier summer and liked it more than the second time I just realized I didn't like it. Didn't yeah. know why I was yeah. doing it. My coworkers were, we're decent people. I, I like right. them, but we just didn't really connect. Um, and I remember then at the time I was also pretty bummed out because I was like my first girlfriend and really only girlfriend so far. Um, <laughs> we we had like been dating for like not that long, but I remember just being like very taken by her. And then she yeah. was, but then we went long distance and I, I very slowly realized the obvious that like it just wasn't going to work. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I was bummed out about those things that summer, but and then I think more deeply, I just wasn't really sure what I was doing with my life. Um, yeah. So yeah. And I remember talking to you that summer a few times and that really helped. Um, cool. And then I think that was kind of parallel for us because you were also, then you went to New Zealand and you had your right. story. Right. Yeah. but And I would have been in New Zealand while you were having that summer probably. I think I remember Which, you, yeah. you left, when, it was still summer for me. Yeah. Right. I left late June. Yeah. Yeah, so basically that was kind of one half going into it. And and then that continued when I went abroad. I kind of, sort of like a depression that was kind of in and out, but I really wasn't enjoying it and, and then struggling when I came back. But going back to that summer, I had just, unrelated, had just happened to start listening to Sam Harris's podcast. Mm -hmm. It Just like I heard about it through like somewhere. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't even remember why I started. I just decided, and I was like, this guy seems smart. He's talking about like philosophy and science, super interested in the topics. I heard one early on about like, uh, the ethics of eating meat I'm really interested mm -hmm. in. I was like, seems like a good use of my time. I didn't know what to do with my time. And yeah. so that summer I was listening to them. And for whatever reason, I skipped the meditation episodes. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was that interesting. But then it was the, maybe the end of the summer. Or, or I guess I got more into meditation. It was fall of senior year. Because what happened then was we had these really long bus rides. I was in Bhutan. Yeah, and yeah. so we'd have like yeah. hours and hours. And I, I started one meditation episode and I was like, whoa like that's good so i went through all of them and there's a lot he has like philosophers of mind like psychologists neuroscientists i just like went through all of them and i was like okay there's like something to this so i was like doing a daily practice and yeah then that kind of led to me I, I, and so i guess the i i feel like i'm going on for a while but um that's the point yeah this yeah I'm, i guess there's a lot to say um the, the basic practice behind the meditation is for this type, it's basically just sitting down and paying closer attention to what's happening in the mind. So it's usually starting with paying attention to the breath. And then once you realize that you're not, which happens like a billion times, you just notice where your mind went and then go back to the breath. And then a lot of things can come up in different. And um, so kind of through doing that practice over time, it, it made it more clear to me that like I wasn't really happy. Um, and so then that, that kind of that. Well, I, well, yeah, let me clarify. I guess I, I knew that I wasn't happy without the meditation. That was actually yeah. kind of clear to me. <laughs> um, so maybe it wasn't. Was it like the acceptance of the fact? Yeah, I, I think meditation, it made me, I had an inkling that the unhappiness I was experiencing wasn't necessary. I didn't need to mm. experience it. I, I had a sense gotcha. that like I was creating a lot of my own suffering through yeah. my thoughts, yeah. my actions. Whoa. My speech and, and even like in the buddhist tradition i'm not a buddhist but it just kind of comes to that there's those are three things right speech mm -hmm. right thoughts right action 
dude, uh, this is why I said right action the other day. Do you remember oh, yeah, when I yeah, said yeah. that? I thought of that. I thought of that. And after. I was like, yeah, where did yeah, that yeah. come from? But that I was, was like, like Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so meditation at first helped sort of illuminate some of that. And I do have some memories where like, I, I wasn't like, I was very new. I was doing like 20 minutes a day, but there were several sittings where I had the sense during and after that, like, okay, this can like help me. I feel a little bit af better after this. Cause like, I, I understand a bit more of what's creating this. Um, and yeah, so I just had a continued interest in that. And then that kind of led me to where I am now. That's why I went abroad. And then when I actually went on a longer retreat, that's when it like all kind of clicked for me. Yeah. Um, so I think like intermittently to the Bhutan and then going to Thailand, there's like, or going to, to Myanmar. Wait, where'd you go? Thailand and Myanmar. Yeah, but both Myanmar. of the Thailand, Myanmar, right. back to Thailand. Yeah. Right. So I think like, you know, between that, there was like a whole year. Right. So yes what was like the significance of that year because that was like your senior year of college yeah. and then the summer after yeah and I, that was like the first experience with shrooms lsd yes summer yeah. and then you went to thailand so i think there's yeah. a lot in there there is and that that question fits nicely with what actually happened because i would describe that time from like between when i returned from asia to when i left again to like me having identified i had a problem which is just like not satisfied with myself and my life and right. a lot of my spiritual relationships, depression. not happy. Yeah, sure, spiritual depression. And sort of trying to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. And so I struggled with that a lot in the spring of my senior year, still doing meditation. And I kind of, I had identified I was struggling and I was trying to talk to people about it and I was struggling with that. Um, and then, yeah. So, and the same was this summer. Oh, wait, I'll get to the psychedelics in a minute, but then skipping them for a second. The summer was kind of the same where when I graduated at one point, I think it was around June, I started doing research into like travel in Asia. I was like, oh, yeah. like this isn't that hard. It's right. it's cheap. Like I could do it. And I remember there was a point where my mind was made up. Hmm. And then I remember having a conversation with you that summer because you were the first person I told that I was going to do it. Um. And then I remember, and then I told my parents a, a few weeks later, because I remember yeah. like, I remember this call. We talked for like yeah, two yeah. hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I remember the call because I remember we were going to call and a part of me knew, okay, I have this very clear memory. I don't know if I've shared this with you. I knew that I hadn't shared that I wanted to go to Asia with anyone yet. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would share it with you because you would bring it out of me. And yeah. I remember you did. You, awesome. at, we had this conversation and you were talking about what you were trying to go, I remember you said what you were trying to go balls deep in. Then there's uh -huh. this pause and you were like, Dylan, what do you want to go balls deep in? <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so even like looking back to that time, one, one of the many struggles I had was just, yeah, like, you know, speaking my truth and, and with a lot of people, especially my parents. And I just remember there was a time gap of like at least two or three weeks between when I made this decision and when I could like tell them and and it, this is something I, I've definitely looked at and, and feel like I've improved on. Um, I still notice it as a struggle, but again, it was just blown up back then where I just couldn't, it was very hard to me to just share certain things. Um, so then that yeah. was later in the summer. That's important. We should come back to that. Like, keep going. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then I shared that with them in July. And then the rest of August, September, October was sort of 
kind of waiting. I was doing some things, but my work ended by the end of August, September and October. I was just like, I want to go. And yeah, so there's a lot of like, I feel like I I was going in the right direction, but I was stumbling and, ah, ah, and yeah. Um, So then, yeah, yeah. And then I guess the other part going back, which a bit earlier in time, but April and May. Yeah. So those are my two, I guess I had one more, but, but my two big, yeah, psychedelic experiences. And I just became interested in that because after reading a lot about meditation, <clears throat> sooner or later, you're going to read about yeah, altered states of consciousness and the psychedelic experience. And so then I just started looking at the research into it and what all these people were saying. Um, and yeah, just how they can, what, what their effects can be and, and how to use them safely and responsibly and like how they can help people with depression and overcoming yeah. negative thought patterns. And so Did that <clears throat> I, for you? a little bit, but Here's, here's what I'll say. They helped me, but they didn't help me as much as they could have because I, I never really did any formal like integration process, but uh, they, they absolutely helped. So gotcha. anyway, I remember coming back <clears throat> that spring semester, my senior year, and I had one of my best friends at school. I remember he had told me before, like he did acid once, and this is a year or two ago and I was very not informed. So I was just like, oh, like, why would you want to hallucinate? <laughs> And then, um, but then we, we talked and I remember my plan was that semester, okay, I'm going to talk to him that I want to, I want to do mushrooms or something. And, and it was our first time hanging out or something or second. And he said, by the way, let me know if you ever like want to get high together. And he had invited, he had invited me before and I had said no for whatever reason. And so he said he was kind of expecting a no. And I said, mm. yeah, I actually think I want to do like psychedelics or something. And he was like, whoa, cool. So, so yeah, then he, uh, we smoked a few times just cause he was like, you should probably try this first um yeah but yeah so then we had a it was me and him and another friend and i decided to take a a good dose of mushrooms because i didn't know like when i would do it again or whatever and i i didn't want to hide red it was three grams that's a lot so yeah so that's kind of like a i guess it depends on who you ask but definitely at least a medium dose like it's it's not a low amount because i I did the first trip to you yeah yeah for the first two so because i had read some people like i didn't want to not trip because you can just like get really high and not be tripping i didn't want to be in that stage where it's like sort of like i wanted to yeah experience it so um murder your yeah, ego. yeah overall a really good experience a bit of challenges in the beginning um and yeah i would say how it helped me is definitely just totally a different yeah state of consciousness and um experiencing that and then coming back down from it was sort of realizing like kind of what I was had suspected, which is like, right, like our experience is just a product of like our brain, right? And our what we're doing to ourselves. And mm-hmm. like, it's possible to be have a very different experience. And um, it kind of reinforced that, like, I could change my brain, I could change my yeah. mind. And I remember, after mushrooms feeling like, what a lot of people have described, but like, kind of like the snow, like settled again, mm-hmm. a bit of a fresh start, but I didn't so yeah, it, it changed me, but not as much as I think it could have. I remember I was, it helped with something. It was kind of like a reset, but it wasn't a deep reset because I didn't really know how to integrate it. Yeah. So I would say, actually, I think a main benefit of that, and then yeah, LSD, which I took once also a little later, was the afterglow. And yeah. though the afterglows, I think really helped I'm me like that summer. i longing for the afterglow. <laughs> yeah, b- because I think my summer 
before I left on the trip would have been a lot harder if it wasn't, mm. there wasn't an afterglow. And I remember having a sense that like things are going to be okay. Uh, just from those two trips. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously there's a lot more to the actual experiences and right. You know, crazy experiences and colors from LSD, but yeah, those, I think looking back, those are some of the main, uh, oh, and then the other thing I'll share was with LSD is that there was a sense after like, I was pointed in the right direction and I'm mm. like, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, but I think they just helped kind of balance my mind sort of and, and kind of almost hold me over mm. until I, I left in some, in some way. What is that right direction that you're pointed in? Yeah, so. Or what was it then anyway? Then there was kind of a sense of like, kind of after the trip, a sense of urgency, but, but like in a healthy way. Yeah. Like, you know, just like time is finite. I need to like, kind of realizing that like I've wasted a lot of time, right? Yeah. If I'm like taking the easy choices and, and kind of not sharing yeah. how I'm really doing with people, like I'm, I'm wasting time, right? I'm not Holy just wasting shit, my yeah. time, I'm, I'm wasting right. everyone's time. And uh, yeah, so I just, it's hard to know, like um, I think that helped me make the decision to go to Asia and share that. It's hard to know. I, I think I probably would have anyway, but um, yeah, so I'd say the right direction would be like, yeah, big picture, like I need to figure out how I can, how I can like, you know, be of service to the world and I need to figure out myself. Cause like, I don't, yeah. I don't really know what's going on here. Um, so that was sort of the, the right, the right direction. It was more of a feeling than a very clear right. Right. direction laid out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we like move on, I'm curious just like what your thoughts are about like, like everyone should do psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I remember, uh, after my, my first mushroom trip. And that, that was definitely my most powerful one. Just the sense of like, how, how do most people not know about this? Like <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone has, I, yeah, yeah. just kind of the classic thoughts of like, if I could spike everyone's like morning food with mushrooms, <laughs> would I do it? And I remember, and I remember we talked I was, about this, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was telling a lot of people that I had done it, not because, which was kind of surprising because I'm not the, I don't think I'm the type of person who would usually like, talk about all of those things to a lot of people but mm -mm. what would happen is for the first couple of weeks after the trip whenever someone would say like hey how's it going any answer that didn't say talk about mushrooms was like a lie like like the, the most yeah, honest no, it was like i'm whoa i just had this big mushroom experience yeah. and so, yeah. so that's why i talked to a lot of people yeah i mean <laughs> and and i was can i just add something yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like the whole psychedelic things like or at least for me in my experience was like when people asked me i was like Oh yeah, like I'm on shrooms, <laughs> you know, like I, cause like I was did mine at school and I was like walking around and I would see people that I knew and they'd be like, Hey, like, how's your day going? And I'd be like, I'm on shrooms. <laughs> oh, wow. And I feel like there's just like this, like honesty. That's like, like there's yeah. no reason not to be honest, you know? And I thought you might've been experiencing that afterward too. I, I did. So, uh, I remember especially the, the immediate afterglow, the first week or two after it was, it was harder for me not to be honest. So mm -hmm. what I mentioned about, struggling with that and with my parents earlier I did we had planned to talk maybe a week or so after and I, I just told them at the end of the conversation I like it wasn't held back and that normally could have been something that would be hard to share but at the end I remember I said we like finished talking they were like anything else and I was like yeah just so you know like I had my first psychedelic experience recently and then I talked to them about it um 
yeah and so anyway for your question about everyone doing them i think kind of yes and no that there's a, a part of me that that wants yeah. to say yes but I, I think it's definitely a lot more nuanced than that and obviously there are a lot of people who shouldn't right people with pre-existing conditions and and anyone I like who's hear already... this a lot and i'm not convinced yeah, yeah actually yeah let, let me clarify that so I was thinking about this today. I'm still trying to figure out in my mind, there are two very common things I hear with these things. One is that they can be incredibly beneficial for depression, addiction, anxiety. Yeah. Two, do, don't if do them you have a history depressed. of mental health, yeah. <laughs> don't do them. Yeah, yeah. So, so let, let me clarify what I mean by that a bit. I think if you are healthy now and have been for a while and have previously experienced things and you're ready, yeah. like, yeah, you, you, you can do them. And similarly, like if you're depressed, I don't know, I guess my feelings right now don't just do them, but right. if you're working with someone and have like a therapist or whoever and have totally. learned a lot about them yeah. with the intention to work with depression, then, right. then that's a different story. But but I guess it's more not an escape, like it's a tool, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. unfortunately, some people can use them for escapes, but I... Right, but that's... If you I feel want like, them to be tools, they're going to be tools. Right, like the question is not like, are they good for everyone or not good for everyone? It's like, well, it really depends on what you're doing with them and how right which goes back to our last conversation yeah. about drugs. yes absolutely yeah. so so i guess to clarify like if you one concrete example is if you or your family has a history of schizophrenia don't take them because yeah i think like lsd for example can mine does L lsd on its own like can't make you insane well you can be psychotic for a period right. of time if you take a lot of symmetric but long term it won't make you insane the exception is there are certain things that can trigger schizophrenia mm. and an acid trip can be one of them. So, so there are reasons not to, but what I think is that everyone should be receive a, a accurate and true drug education yeah. um, right. because I don't think we really have that right now. And, and obviously I think people should decide for themselves, but yeah, I, one vision I have is like a world where they're talked about with honesty and like for what they are, which is again, I mean, what they really are is, is how you use them. They're, they're drugs, yeah. yeah, but but having a little more nuance than, you know, mushrooms and cocaine are both drugs, right? They're two right. very different so, <laughs> different things. And yeah. yeah, and and yeah, just so people can be educated and know, obviously the risk, like you, you can't, if you take them, you, you have to know what, what you're getting into, but right. yeah, for everyone to know what, what the potential benefits are. And yeah, I think, uh, so I guess a big thing would be education and yeah, honest conversations about them. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, just so you know, my computer is dying in like 45 minutes probably. And I don't have a charger. So okay, I, I can go get one also if we want to keep yeah. talking. Um, okay. So moving on to your second trip to Asia. Yeah. Actually. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry. Can I say one more thing about the last? I, I guess my final comment is like, but yes, I think if everyone did mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> the world would be a better place <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, right i'm kind of in the same boat i'm like okay like if 0.1 percent of people should not take mushrooms and everyone in the world takes mushrooms yeah sacrifice some like people overall, for the greater good better, right? <laughs> like, yeah yeah no yeah i, I guess and, and actually the other main point to that is doing it in a you know safe and slow and methodical way so that because you can kind of look to the 60s where like it was yeah. everyone was really excited about it and then that turned out to not work well for the long term right like did you it? could imagine if hmm? did it not work well well in the sense that like it was like they were all like criminalized or the the drugs became criminalized and a lot yeah. of but that like, was because of like, like the government was afraid of 
like yes. these hippies. Yeah, yes, ab absolutely. That was a big part of it. But I also think like making sure the leading spokespeople on it are oh, competent. And, yeah. yeah, and scientists. Right. So like there were figures like, um, yeah, no, that makes like sense. Like Tim Timothy Leary. And there were people who like probably hurt the movement and didn't help it yeah. in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's super and then that shut down research and research was shut down for decades and and yeah a big part of that was the government too it wasn't right yeah, yeah. for you like what is the reason that everyone should do them like what yeah, experience well, do you think people should have yeah i guess um to clarify I, yeah i don't think everyone should do them you know but but, uh, but i think like, i guess let's just talk about that like as yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah well what they they can do a lot of things but having like a good big trip is I mean, I guess there's, there's a lot of possible answers, but one is just like, for, for me, and I know for some other people, like you realize that like your experience right now is just one possible experience. And someone said this really eloquently. It was, I think William James, he has this quote on it, but basically like the way he said, you know, he realized that like his current experience is just like one possible ex experience in a sea of like conscious experiences. Yeah. Right. And you don't even need psychedelics to think about it. Right. Like, what is it like to be uh, an animal or like a deer, a bat or whatever? Like, right. are insects conscious? We don't really know. But like, presumably what it's like to be a deer is very different from a human, but it's also a, still an experience. Hmm. Right. And, and so with psychedelics. Yeah, you realize that that it's possible to just have a totally different experience and not just like. And it's hard to explain it to someone who like hasn't really done it, but it's not just like what do you mean? Like our colors are brighter or like um, you feel more peaceful? Like, no, it's like the total nature of experience can just be like totally different and yeah, very hard to describe. Um, so I think that's very valuable. Um, and then, I mean, there, there are definitely like some pretty practical reasons where a lot of people after selling like mushrooms just talk more about like feeling of gratitude and empathy and love and kind of recognizing, oh, I'm just this like speck in a universe and just, you know, um, yeah profundity and all of that um and, and again they they have been shown at least in some settings to help a lot of people with different mental disorders or challenges totally. um and i think that i mean you know some people have experiences that they would consider the mystical experience which again just having experiencing profundity the divine whatever whatever you want to call it um is just a it can just be a beautiful experience and yeah yeah, I think for me until I did it, I didn't really have a sense of like what could be on the upper end of like positive human experience before mm. I had that. It was just like, Whoa, what's the true. best thing I could imagine? Well, not have a fun day with my friends or like, yeah, I don't know, like good, good sex Dude, or like whatever. That's true. But, but then you have that experience and it's like, oh, like any other experience in like normal waking consciousness is like locked in by this ego. There's like insecurity yeah. and friend, foe. What does this person think of right. me? Neurotic right. self-talk. And then all of that can... Right. And then there's the present moment that comes in. Yeah. And, and you're just uh, like, oh, fuck, like, this is what life is? Like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as the one other thing that comes to mind now is um, how, what a lot of, I think it can be valuable, especially for intellectual people. I was thinking about this. I was reading about this earlier today, but um, Aldous Huxley, who was a guy who wrote The Door yeah, yeah. Perception, um, which was his psychedelic experience, he said, which I agree, it's especially valuable for intellectual people because totally a, a big thing that's happened today is we mistake words for the things they represent. Yes. So 
and like obviously words and language is amazing it's useful but we're always narrate like there's this inner voice that's narrating right like oh i'm hungry i should do this i should do that now you knew you were hungry before you talked to yourself that you were hungry because right. you had this sensation but but we have this like match of word to object and then and so like for me in my mushroom trip the the, the main character of the trip was that boundaries between subject and object and sound and vision and feeling and the trees and all the boundaries all dissolved and sort of the senses like merged and and it was and then there were periods where thoughts were just not happening right like there was no they were just totally out of the picture it was just a direct yeah. contact and and so just it's like a reminder like oh right like words are not the same thing as reality right and that actually something like that happened on my acid trip too but but yeah so and I think that that can be a valuable reminder too. Yeah. So something that I have like run into with some people in the past is like, why would I do psychedelics? I can just like make life good on my own without them. And I'm like, sure. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and now all of those people who said that to me, I've like convinced to try psychedelics and they haven't yet. But like, because I think that there are people who just should, right? Like that we also have like, like Raven, I don't know if Raven should, you know, cause he's like, is really right. afraid. And I feel like the fear is like what makes you have a bad trip, right? Like if you're really afraid of the experience, anyway, we can move on to like from this and get into your life if you want to. No, no, I, I love, I'll respond. Cause I, yeah, I think that's a good point. Well, with the last thing you said, it, it's interesting. Cause one of the, their characteristics is that they're very placebo-esque. Mm. So if person A hmm. reads about mushrooms, and yeah yeah so expectation expectations yeah. have a big impact which is like set setting and, kind of yeah yeah set and setting exactly so so it's interesting i think there's a yeah if you're terrified going into it and you're shaking that's probably going to be scared but right but i think there's a certain level of fear that's healthy because if you're going to take intense, a big dose yeah. of something and you have no fear then right. yeah we'll see right. so it's like so a respect you have to have yeah 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 if uh, absolutely a, a respect is a good good word for it um yeah what we said earlier the question about people who just say like why do i need them my life is already good I, again I, I wouldn't say people I, i'm not convinced i would use the term need but yeah i definitely would encourage some people to do yeah. it because like kind you, of you sort didn't of, know what good was until you took yeah it. yeah yeah right. i was about to <laughs> yeah go back to that comment you, yeah. you read my mind <laughs> but yeah just um to have yeah um, this is something I run into with coaching a lot just to like interject is like yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people don't know how cool their lives could be you know and yes. then like somewhere like really deep down they know and shrooms like for me at least like connected me like my brain to that like deep knowing right mm, yeah and like I think it just like was like oh shit like I could do that right as opposed to being like I know it's in there, but I don't know how to access it. Yeah, I guess here's an example that your question made me think of. But at the mindfulness project, there was um, a girl who was there um, who I was friends with. And she was actually I think she was the youngest person there. And um, she had just graduated. She studied psychology. And I remember she's very smart, but she hadn't like never not even like drank alcohol. Actually, no, she did mm -hmm. on the trip at one point. She had a shot, but um she never like smoked weed or, or done anything. And I talked with her about it a few times and so did other people. And, and I think, yeah, so there was definitely a part of me that, that I saw it through my words that was like, 
you should learn more about these. I think you would take them. Like she was mentally healthy and she studied psychology and I was telling her all about this this stuff about it. And, and she basically said like, yeah, I just don't, she said she's not interested. And she, her fear was like psychosis, which, which can be an experience during the trip and for a while. And and there's definitely a part of me that's like, yeah, but if you like do set and setting and do all this stuff. But then at the end of the day, I was like, if someone look, I can have the desire for someone else to have this experience and I think it can make their life better. But like, if someone is happy with their life, um, has read about them, has a fear of a bad trip, which is totally valid, then it's like, okay, like that's that's your decision. That, that's like, I respect that. Like I made a different decision, but hmm. yeah, it's, and so I just realized like, yeah, I don't need to like argue. Yeah, but, like right. I, I, I right, guess like you don't me, need to change anyone else. Yeah, the discussion is yeah. like, yeah, it's about changing yourself and the discussion is education and I can talk all I want about why I think it's good, right. but I can keep the language why I think it's good. And I don't need to go to the, I think you should do this. Like, yeah, I, totally. Totally. I, I kind of saw that coming out at one yeah. point. So. I think for me, like one of like my third experience on mushrooms, like I went to my friend's house who like didn't want to do them. and was just mm-hmm. like hanging out with her for like four hours, like basically the whole trip. And um, afterwards she said, Oh yeah, I would do this. Like after having seen me, but I think there's like this huge, like, like systemic, like, fear that we've been conditioned to have around psychedelics and that's like i think the thing that we need to like educate out of right like you were saying earlier is like actually have real education yes yeah so yeah it's interesting i guess yeah systemic fear or at least i think a lot of yeah not not having being educated so i remember i have two friends who when i i decided i would do mushrooms and i told a couple friends about it soon before and and they both had two reactions of caution but that were almost negative where one said, yeah. he said, um, dude, like my friend did shrooms and he tried to cut off his dick. And that was one. <laughs> and then the other reaction, she said, <laughs> she said, okay. But like, she's like, be careful. I was in hiking in the woods recently and I saw this couple and they were on shrooms and they weren't okay. And it was cold and we had to get them out of there. And it was like all this stuff. And so it's like, okay, like I believe that both of those happened, but well, with the latter case, that's just a matter of like set and setting. Right. right. Like, if you're going to be in the woods, right, make sure to stay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't be stupid. <laughs> With the knife, like, okay. Again, there's, there is a degree of risk. I'm sure someone somewhere sometime tried to cut off their dick with a knife on shrooms, right? Like that. Right. Like that is and there's a, that old video of like, or the old thing of like people jumping out windows in the 60s, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, that is possible. If, if you, I mean, well, I think what it comes down to is if you account for set and setting and all of those things, at that mm-hmm. point, though, things like that actually happening are less likely than like car crashes and yeah, totally strikes, right? Like I, I don't actually know. This, this is how I actually go through life at this point. Is like the, if something is less risky than a car accident, then I will like do it almost every time yeah. because car, yeah. cars are so dangerous, you know? Yeah, yeah. We don't think about it, but whenever you get in a car, you have this heavy thing you're hurtling down the road right. with all of you these other control things. anyone else around you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know. But then people drunk. are like skydiving. That's so dangerous. But like, right. like is it? Right. <laughs> or yeah. is it just your fear, right? Yeah. So maybe this connects to what we were talking about a couple right. nights ago. Where yeah. With you brought football. up footballs. Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Cool. Mm. Interesting topic. I feel like yeah. we should put a pin in it for now. I think so too, because I could, I could talk forever Same. about them. Yeah, but, uh, we could have like yeah, an entire so. conversation just about like the midnight gospel and psychedelics and stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, something I wanted to mention, I know this is like me interviewing you, but something I wanted to mention was yesterday morning when I woke up, like for the period of time between like 
I don't know, six and seven or six and eight AM, mm-hmm. I was like, felt like I was on shrooms. Like I felt so present and I was just like laughing at nothing, which was like always happens to me. Like, I'll just be like, Oh my God, life, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so like there and aware and just like awake and ah, like it was so good. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was really cool because that was the first time that I felt that way since like, well, not, or well, sober, you know? Yeah. Um, which was really cool for me. And mm. fancy segue. Uh, what was your experience of your two month meditation? Like, cause I think you like told me about it right after, but I want to know like what's stuck for the last like five months. Yeah. Um, hmm. so I think yeah, I told you about it right after. I think the awesome thing is that a lot of it has stuck. I would to give an overview everything has stuck, but I have to work at it more because coming Mm. out of the retreat, life felt very easy. It felt very natural and easy to be 100% honest, to be in my own skin. And as that's kind of like an afterglow, it started to fade away, but, but it was still there. I just have to, it's like, Oh, here's my ego. I have to work for a second to bring this truth up or whatever. Mm. Um, Yeah. I remember talking to you after it. So the big yeah, it was kind of a lot because it was two months, but um, yeah, basically, so for two months, it's just sitting and walking and paying attention to the breath and sensations and, and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, I would say the um, experience after, I, I remember how I felt leaving. It, it was two months there in silence. My subjective experience was like, I, it was sort of like the archetypical like death and rebirth where I I felt like I was sort of a baby, like going out into this world, having spent two months there in silence, but with someone else's memories, like I didn't feel identified with the person who went in. Um, That's so cool. It was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, so sort of like, if you think about it, like when we wake up in the morning, it's very continuous. We think like, oh, it's the same person, but like every morning you wake up, you can like, you were gone, you were sleeping, and now you're here, and like you can do whatever, so. And every morning. Yeah, yeah, yes. You're, you're, yeah. And that's the, yeah, every moment. So, and that's kind of been the lesson since then. It's, it is every moment. Um, but yeah, coming out of it, I just felt, I just felt like a different person with someone else's memories is kind of the best way I can put wow. it. So um, yeah, I think the biggest habit change I made was just saying how I feel, what I actually think. I was really bad at that for a while. That has been, yeah, one of the best <laughs> life changes I made. Um, yeah. That's can a big like, one. Can that for a sec? Yes. Okay. So I think that like, so important. Right. And like what I've realized in my own life is just like, when I ask for what I want, I either get a no or yes. Right. (laughs) And when it's yes, that's awesome. And when it's no, that's also awesome. Right. But when I don't ask for what I want, I'm living in this (laughs) world of like fantasy. Right. And just like what you're saying, like being clear with what's going on inside so powerful because it means that you are real and that that means the world around you has to be real back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I think, ah, oh, I, I had a thought from what you were just saying. Um, oh, oh yeah. And so this, and this also connects to what we were saying earlier. I think another benefit of asking for what you want more is that, you figure out what you want more Mm. because when the answer is no, if you're able to deal with it, well, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. 
And if right. the answer is yes, you can figure out, okay, now that I got what I want, like, is that exactly what I wanted? And so, yeah, the more you think about what you want and ask for it, the more it's kind of like a process of elimination of like, okay, I got them. That was good. That wasn't quite what I wanted. So like, you can also learn more, more about yourself. Yeah. And this is like the um, quote you sent me yesterday. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I guess to connect back with an example from one of your earlier questions where I was like, before I left for abroad, I was struggling with a lot of things. And I remember um, at one point reading, this is a, a short Sam Harris book, Lying. And basically his thesis is like, you should almost never lie, basically never lie. Yeah. And like just the value of changing the habit to always telling the truth. And I remember reading that. And I also read it in the four agreements that you let me borrow. And after reading those I w and thinking about my own life, I was like convinced that like my life would be much better if I just stopped lying and started telling the truth. Yeah. And I intellectually understood that, but I couldn't do it. Right. And then after this retreat, I could do it. Oh, and um, cool. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was huge. Yeah. Um, I also just like, there's like in the four agreements, he talks about, um, be impeccable with your words, what he says, which is yes. different than being honest or not lying. Right. Like hmm. it connects to this like deeper integrity, right? Like, so what came up with me and my client was like me being honest with how I felt, but not being in integrity with what I actually like with who I actually am, you know, in a sense, like, yeah. And those um, are really different things. So it's like, yeah, my journey through honesty has been my own, but like for, for you, have you kind of realized like that there are different kinds of honesty and truth and different like levels yeah, and that, intensities? That's a, a good point. And I think I should clarify, and I know you've talked about this. That doesn't mean that, you know, you should just say whatever is on your mind all the time because, mm -hmm. and this is another thing I think meditation is really valuable in, but you're crazy. Like there's this nonstop dialogue. And if you were to just spew that out <laughs> loud, you'd, you'd go to an insane asylum. That's right? hilarious. Yeah. The difference between people who are crazy and talk out loud to themselves right. all the time and everyone else is just that for us the dialogue is kept internal Whoa. right that's like one of the main differences that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah and so um yeah i so i like what you said impeccable with your word there's i guess there's truth is like one selection so if it's not true i very likely shouldn't say it right it's all and, semantics too but yeah 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 okay. but the other selection is is it useful Right. Mm -hmm. And so if something is true and useful, you should probably say it. I, I think. Right. Um, what about the truth that you don't think is useful, but that might be. And the only way to find out is by saying it. I guess then it's useful. Uh, yeah. I yeah. guess, you know, it's not perfect. Too you deep you figure it out as you, as you yeah. say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, maybe truth. I guess in terms of speech, it's yeah, you're right. It's not just truth of being impeccable with your word and what is useful, but in terms of a deeper level of, and this is what I experienced on the retreat is being honest with reality and in accord yeah. with reality rather than fighting it. Because one thing I experienced a lot of meditation is how much at a subtle level I am uh, at odds with reality, right? There's so much low level resistance going on. Right. So like, because, yeah. because in meditation, right. I mean, there are very peaceful and enjoyable States. A lot of it is very unpleasant, right? If right. you sit for an hour and don't move at some point, intense physical discomfort <laughs> will arise yeah. and um there's a lot of resistance um and so part of my experience huh. was surrendering to that and once you do that at least for me i realized well, yeah once i do that it's like this actually isn't that bad and and a lot of it is expectations i create of how bad something yeah. will be but but just being able to settle down and so again like in the buddhist tradition they talk about like taking refuge in the truth 
Mm -hmm. right and for me that was a pretty deep experience of just like if i the I, I will be more safe the more I am able to settle into what is actually happening. And again, that doesn't mean like, uh, in some sense, like we want to change things in the world, right? Like obviously, so it's yeah, not yeah. complacency, but it's recognizing that I think even the first step to change is to accept what is happening, just to be able to say, okay, this is happening, right? Because right. I think if you go into change with resistance to what is happening, then there's anger. I hate what's happening mm. and I don't want to, change something from a place of I hate this so I need to change it I want it yeah. to be I understand it's bad so I'm going I want to change it but I also understand that it's happening right this is right. reality in this moment so hmm. yeah I am just curious what you think about like the balance balance of a few different things one like being in the present moment and like being here right like you're saying like this is reality mm-hmm. two um goals and goal setting or like a deeper level of that is like having a vision um three like manifestation of the reality that you want four the opposite of that which is like wanting right now what you can't have because you can't have it right so like I just think this concept, this, like these concepts are so interesting. Right. And I like, yeah, it, I don't have a specific question, but I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah. I, I get what you're putting out there. Um, and yeah, actually, definitely... can I add one more thing? Yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah. just like in the book awareness, which is like an amazing book, right. That I think you would love is like, he just basically the answer. Do you have it with you? Uh, no, I, I haven't read it, but I'll, uh, oh, I'll yeah, make yeah. a note of that too. You yeah. should definitely read it. But basically okay. like his whole thing is like, be <laughs> right just like be you know and yeah. like look around like the world is so fucking cool and like yeah um and i think that that's like the answer right and that's like what buddhism teaches is just like be and be present and like be with reality and then like as i read the the um the like doc or the biology of the buddha Biography. 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 <laughs> the I, biology of the Buddha. Also interesting to see what his yeah. brain state yeah. was like. Yeah. yeah. But as I read the biography of the Buddha, I saw like this, like, yes, he was like so like present, right? And also he like grew this entire like organization of a religion around this idea of being, right? And so he like yeah. wasn't just being, he had like aspirations to help everyone else be right? Which yeah. meant that he was like setting goals and going after things. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. That is that. a good question. It's a big question. And I'm still thinking about it. Um, the first thing I thought of connected to being what you're saying with awareness, this is one more uh, answer to the, the psychedelic section that I, you asked, like, what are like the good reasons to do it? And, and this connects with this one thing I just thought of is, is right. Like, normally we're we're not really in the present moment right we're like skipping over things but like yeah you can take psychedelics and just be totally interested in anything a, a blanket a pillow your yeah. hand color right totally immersed in it or you can look yeah. at a tree and just <laughs> unfathomable depths of evolutionary history and beauty right, and right, skipping right. organism and most of the time we just pass over it and we're anxious and neurotic in our heads and so so getting out of that yeah and and that's that's about being here now so right basically my thoughts are still kind of developing on this, but I think there's there's two different things. There's sort of like a, a healthy way to have goals and an unhealthy. So yeah. like unhealthy is just like more desire. Like I want to be there because I want it. I'm not here. 
And then I think there's sort of a bigger picture of like understanding this is better. Huh. Um, so yeah, for me, I think huh. one danger is that I think meditation can sort of lead to complacency. And I, I mean, it does in some people, I think if done with a good teacher and you also learn about the theory in addition to the practice, it, it can lead to a lot of work. And that's yeah. what a lot of people talk about. Um, so so I guess the example I'll give is there's an Indian teacher, S.N. Goenka. He has these videotapes on these retreats he does. And I, I read a short book of texts compiled by him recently. And what he talks about is the, the value of meditation in work and that a big part of meditation is doing work because it's just a shift in mindset where suddenly you can do work and you're complaining less or you notice when you're complaining and you notice that. And so um, it doesn't mean, or at least I would say, it doesn't mean that you just, okay, I don't care about the world anymore. It's, it can be sort of a deeper caring, but it can still come from balance of mind or, or peace of mm -hmm. mind. And so, right, I want to, um, you know, work for the world because I understand that there's suffering, other people are suffering. Yeah. Um, I understand that things can be much better and that that's good, but that doesn't need to come from a place of the desire or the continual struggle that I think is, the case for a lot of us which is like ah, i'm not quite there yet i want to get here right um so yeah so that's sort of an yeah. overview to the, to the it topic. seems to me so i think like what i used to believe is that like we should all live in the moment right and that we should walk in the right direction and live mm -hmm. in the moment and that's basically it right yeah and now i believe that that is mostly right and also that like just in terms of like uh, actually getting what we want, like it's very useful to do this thing where you like project into the future and then look back and be like, from being present in the future, what needed to happen to get to where I want to be in, in three months or um, a year, right? Yeah. Mm. And there's this like weird, just like, non-meshing for me but what you said about like there's a right way and a wrong way to plan and like set goals i think is really true and it goes back to this like reality idea of like are you in alignment with reality and are you like or are you resisting reality right and like yes. do your goals resist what is real or do your goals enhance what is real and bring more realness into your life you know yeah and that's absolutely. a hard question to actually answer <laughs> and it's like i think goes back to when you were talking interviewing me and just like that like deepness and the divine right and like if your goals are coming from that place then it's like they're going to align with reality and then there's this other thing of like like reality as a word is like what is real now but it's also what is real later and what is real changes right like <laughs> yeah and so it's like if the goal is to like change reality into what reality needs to become then you're not even like resisting reality. You're just like helping it flow in the right direction. Yes. But it's I, like, these concepts are like, <laughs> Yeah, I think, absolutely. I think a concrete example that, that came to mind about what we're talking about is this guy I met recently when I was at the Kung Fu retreat, he was also there. He was like a big Russian hippie, right? Like he had the yeah. braids and stuff. And, and uh, so he, my opinion, he was a cool guy. I liked him, but he, to me, was a, a pretty kind of typical example of someone who lives in the present 
not in the right way. And so the, the clearest example was he had a really bad infection on his leg. And we yeah. were all like, dude, you have to like get this checked out. And his attitude was basically like, what will happen will happen, like live in the moment. Right. And I would, I would talk right. to him sometimes about like, hey, so what are your plans after this? Like our visas might expire soon. And he would just shrug his shoulders and say like, eh, future is future, present is present, right? And so, and so he said that and, the, and I, I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, that's not how like I would handle the situation. And, and then I thought about it. And, and I think there are a couple important points. And the big one is that planning about the future isn't incompatible with peace mind and present, right? Like we need mm -hmm. to plan. The only reason like humans can do cool stuff is we can, we can plan about the future, right? And so it's right. not that planning that's is like what bad. separates us from being animals. Right. But the, what you learn with something like meditation is that I would say like 99% plus of our planning is unnecessary. Mm. The useful planning is like, hmm, sitting down, what, what should I do tomorrow? What do I want my future to look like? All that. But, it, but like the voice in our head is like, like half the time remembering, half the time planning sort of. So like most of our planning, there's a lot of planning and like, especially in meditation, there's a lot of planning and it's just totally nonsensical and totally irrelevant. So it's not that, I think the, like the be in the present message, it's not that planning is bad, we need to plan, but just a lot of our planning is repetitive that, that it can even be at like a low level in our minds. Um, and so it's just like, think about the future when you need to, but if you don't need to, you can just be where you are. And, and that's mm. obviously tricky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm getting my computer charger. Also you paused. Ugh. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. I wonder when he will come back. Still not. Hey, I'm back. Hey. Um, okay. Sorry, I lost internet for a second. I went to go get my computer charger. Also, this is where I am. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's kind of blurry, but whoa, dude, that's nice. Living in the woods. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Okay, walking, walking. Um, paused again. Oh, there you are. Um, can we take like a two minute break? I gotta yes. go to the bathroom. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna pee too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Wow, that's cool, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm coming, I'm coming. Okay, you there? Yes. Sweet. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed your uh, intermission, <laughs> which is really just going to be you and I being like, why the fuck did we just pause this recording? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, no, there's a real reason because I didn't want to edit the audio pieces together. So um, I figured we'll just like struggle in the future. Anyway, yeah. uh, the present moment and the future and planning and usefulness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the last thing you said? I think I got out my main points. The last point I think was talking about planning and how a lot of our plans are sort of, or how we like to think about the future a lot and mm, right. a lot, some of it is useful and some isn't. Um, I think I got out my, my main thoughts on it. Gotcha. Um, what do you think about thinking about the past? Or yeah, thinking in general? <laughs> yeah, or thinking. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe thinking in general is incredibly useful, again, right? Like we can do everything. If we couldn't think, we'd be toast. Yeah. But it's weird because we can't stop. We're right. just talking to ourselves, right? And so, um, yeah, thinking about the past. Oh. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'll no, go no that sounds like a big. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I kind of realized that there's like a huge difference between planning and visualizing. Like thinking and being in an altered state right and what i mean is like have you did you ever read into the magic shop no okay you'd like that book too but um that book he talks he's like a stanford neuroscientist or neurosurgeon and he like founded mm -hmm. this thing called Seacare, which is like the um, center for compassion and altruism research with the dalai lama so like super cool Ooh. dude and this book is all about his experience, like with meditation and, and learning how to meditate when he was a child. Um, and basically he like has four different steps of meditation. And there's like step one is to do like Vipassana concentration meditation. Step two is um, I think visualize or like body scan maybe. Yeah. Step three is uh, loving kindness, I believe. And then step four is like visualization. And he'll like visualize exactly what he wants and like what had like what is happening when he gets what he wants and mm. i think that like this goes back to like our conversation last time of like how important it is to know what you want and i think there's a difference between like thinking which is essentially like or thinking in circles versus like visualizing another form of reality right yes and that doesn't mm. necessarily like have to be in direct contradiction or resistance to what reality is right like something i remember you mentioning during your meditation was like the mosquitoes right and like you can't just like manifest mosquitoes away right right but maybe you can manifest like um like a mosquito net around the mm -hmm. meditation space right and like if you imagine that there and like imagine what it would look like and what it would feel like to be there in that like presence with the mosquito net like then maybe over the next few days like it just happens somehow right? Because it's like, you're putting that intention out into the world. And there's this like thing that I think is super interesting about like, you know, the secret, the book, which is like kind of bullshit. And then there's like manifestation and visualization. But I think that there's something really powerful about like aligning with reality. And by doing like, by visualizing your like deepest, truest desire, which is like your deepest, truest self and your 
yeah it's like i don't know yeah yeah um with thinking well yeah okay yeah so with that last part i, I think i agree i don't know about the specific example with the mosquitoes but sure. i think <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but I, I think what i would say is like visualization yeah turns into reality if i think there's concrete steps along the way yeah that go with it right um so like visualizing what's a more concrete example like a doing a race in a certain amount of time like a sporting event right, right? that then like yeah i i would think of like an example like that when when thinking about what you're talking about um yeah with thinking yeah and i guess connecting connecting back to meditation i think one misconception about meditation is that you're trying to stop your thoughts your thinking is mm, bad yeah. and what's that's not really what it's about it's really about being aware of what is happening in the present moment and so yeah. one one kind of early discovery can be that there's basically two types of thinking thinking where you know you're thinking and thinking without knowing that you're thinking mm. and so the thinking without knowing you're thinking is whenever you sit down pay attention to the breath and then at some point you don't know when right. your mind goes off and then at some point after that oh right i was supposed yeah. to be meditating in that sequence that thought occurrence if you yeah it can happen a lot even and if you pay attention to it it's you're not aware that it's happening right there's no sense of like yeah i decided to go down this path and i'll go back to my breath soon it just right. overtook your mind right and then there's thinking where you know that you're thinking right yeah uh right now i can think about apples i don't know where that came from and i know i'm thinking about apples and that's a very different experience um and so i think connecting to what you said visualization is usually thinking and you know you're thinking right you, you mm, have an intention interesting um and same with right like, intention right and so and so like if you work for a math problem for an hour you're thinking the whole time and someone says hey what were you just doing so of course i was thinking i, I knew that i was thinking if you're meditating and you get lost in thought, which happens a billion times, and someone taps you on the shoulder and say, what are you doing? It's not the same answer. It's, oh, what was I thinking about? Oh, I was like with talking with this friend again and again about this conversation that happened five years ago. I didn't even realize like I went down there, right? Yeah. And so those are sort of the, the two distinctions. Um, and, and maybe connecting to what I was saying about planning for the future is similar to the past. It's generally generally thinking when you know you're thinking is useful and good and, and you generally, thinking without knowing your thinking doesn't prove useful that much. Hmm. Yeah, that's super true. So I guess the time period in which you're thinking of, in what you're thinking about is pretty irrelevant. Um, I think if you're thinking without knowing that you're thinking, a lot of it can be irrelevant. I mean, no, no, it's still relevant because sometimes you're living out happy fantasies and your mood is better. And sometimes you're living out depressive thoughts and that's worse. So yeah, yeah. So that still matters. Um, but I mean, it, but it, it, it's relevant, but it's not as good. Yeah, it, it's like not it affects good. things, but it's not ideal. Right. Yeah. 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 It's I think there's better places we can be and yeah, greater awareness so that there's a bit less of that. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to try and like pull us back into your life story. Um, after you did the two month meditation, you came to Thailand. Or, yeah so i yeah yeah i was i in, don't I, basically like we don't need all the details but like what has been like the journey of like you throughout this process of the last like four months from like the two-month meditation to where you are now yeah um so after the two-month meditation wait has it been like um, way longer than four months it's been like eight nine 
February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, like eight months. Wow. Okay, a couple of eight months time. since I got out. Yeah. 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 So the process, uh, I guess big picture, kind of what I said about feeling like a different person stepping out is I felt kind of like, uh, now I feel kind of like an eight month old, like in, in the sense of like, <laughs> I kind of been like rediscovering life. Mm, cool. And kind of like making new memories, but like in a way that is more, feels better in some way. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I guess, uh, yeah, first when I got out, I, the first couple of weeks were like resting, writing that, um, and I didn't really know what to do. So I went to a workaway in Myanmar for a couple of weeks and I didn't really, it was all right, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Um, and so I decided to come back to Thailand because a friend I had met at the retreat told me about this place called the Mindfulness Project and it nice. seemed like a cool place. So I went there planning for a couple of weeks, but then we got stuck there from quarantine. So I was there for two and a half months. And right. that experience was a lot of like healthy integration. Um, and a big, something that was pretty useful for me was the talk nights where uh, you just go around in a circle. There's two questions each night and you talk and you share, then it goes to the next person. So you practice active speaking, active listening. Mm. Um, so for me, that was just like putting everything I had experienced into concrete practice, answering all the questions the best I could, yeah. um, going deep sometimes and just noticing when uncomfortable, un uncomfortable sensations come up. Oh, like, I don't want to share that. What will people think? Like just noticing that. Um, and really getting a lot of benefit from that because, and, and even outside of the talking circles, just being a bit more aware of when people ask me, what do you like to do? What do you think about this? Taking a moment and actually answering, like, being honest. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, one of the main benefits of that, yeah, yeah, is- uh, Sorry, is, this you is know, not you. Just yeah, no, no, me. you're good. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, having more, genuine connections with people because I mean I, I found when other people are more open I tend to be more open and, and vice versa yeah. so the mindfulness project was a lot of that and just being yeah, more comfortable in my own skin and then so that's sort of a, a brief overview and then since leaving there been at a few different places but a lot of that was still with some people from the project um, and then I started to struggle a bit more with like what do I want to do next where do I want to yeah, but um, still, I think sort of keeping all of that mindset with me. Um, and I would say there was a bit less learning during those times, but still a lot of like trying to figure out what I wanted and working on being being more in touch with myself. Um, and what else? yeah, I, and I guess then more recently, because um, for the past couple few weeks I've been with other people who I. like reintroducing myself and yeah I feel like I'm just trying things out in a more honest way and um sort of con yeah figuring things out I guess and yeah that's kind of like the examples of like doing the Muay Thai and working uh recently I've been working more well for a while and just like uh act when I have a choice between like hanging out alone in my room, going to talk to someone, going to talk to someone and those types nice. of things. Yeah. Cool. Um, something you mentioned, like a, a phrase you said in there was, it was all right, but it wasn't what I wanted. 
Mm -hmm. I want to like dig into that because I feel like in this process that you're in right now of like being a child again, like I'm trying to learn (laughs) what life is like, this is a really important thing because a lot of people do all right, you know, and that's like what they strive for. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that makes me mad, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, why? You know, and I think that that's something sometimes that like something that comes out for me when I'm like talking to others that makes them like feel kind of attacked sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you strive for just okay when like there's this whole world out there? Mm. But I think it's like so important to not just stop at okay. Like, yeah. And that's like probably one of my like more fundamental core beliefs. So I just like, I'm curious about like what your process of like rediscovering what is like the thing, right? And not just like, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a few things Um, that reminded me of a quote which is when um, is that we live in a society that rewards mediocrity um, and that, yeah, that's like mediocrity is sort of a norm, I think in some ways. Yeah. So, so totally agree. Um, I think. Wait, what do you mean by that? Um, I think it was, well, the, the context of the quote was, uh, Oh, you know, so, you know, the guy, um, David Goggins, the, uh, uh, yeah. So when he was with some other guys from, I don't know if they're Navy SEALs and they were basically leaving the training and going back to the world. And the officer told them that in sort of like a preparation from the transition to Navy SEAL training, which is 100% excellence, like hell week, all of that into the world. We live in a, a society that rewards mediocrity. I mean, I think sort of what you were saying, but there's a sense of like, you know, you know, just those conversations you, you might have, or, or maybe actually you probably don't have that much, but you see a lot where it's like, Hey, what's up? Not much. You eh, just chilling. Like, wait, what do you mean? Like, not much, you're just chilling? Like, what are you actually doing, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I think those are common, so like, that's just one example, but sort of common responses where it's just like, yeah, I'm just not much, just like hanging around, like watching TV or like, right. not not that that's always, always bad or anything, but sort of, there, there's sort of a norm. Where, and then I guess to contrast that, you know, like conversations you and I have and, and with other people about like mm-hmm. wanting to strive for our best, like what does excellent mean? How can I be of best service yeah. to the world? Like what is quality? I've had experiences. Right. Yeah. What is quality? I connect with some people with those conversations. I've had a lot of experiences where I talk to people about that and they're like, not. Yeah. yeah Me like, too. They look at you kind of funny. Right. And so that's what I mean where it's like, that's not really a norm. In yeah. this. It's I, like, it is a norm. I feel place. like this is like a lot of, um, like, I feel like there's anime about this almost, but I like can't like place it, but like there's, or just like stories in general of like people who start to like come awake and the mm-hmm. rest of the, like the world of zombies like starts to be like, what are you doing? Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't like that, you know? And I think right. that that's like really interesting. And at the same time, I think that like the world doesn't reward mediocrity, but our society Yes. Expects mediocrity. Right. But then you look at like, who are the people that we, that our society idolizes and it's like, they're not mediocre, but it's like the, the whole like capitalist thing is that like, not everyone can be exceptional because we need people to be mediocre and like drones to basically support this like flourishing within the context of capitalism. Right. which is not actual flourishing, but it is capitalistic flourishing, right? Sure. 
yeah yeah material flourishing um yeah yeah that, that's a great point i think maybe to clarify society rewards me you're, you're right life doesn't reward mediocrity life rewards yeah. right like hard work and excellence and yeah i think society maybe in some ways again not in all social groups but in a lot it can be easier to fit in if you're right mediocre right yeah and then the goal is like or the question is you know like is the goal to fit in and the answer right. is like a resounding no yeah now that well, i've like but, figured it out but when i was younger is, the answer was yes yeah and then but once you give the resounding no you meet other people who are giving the resounding no and then you yeah. fit in with them and then that, right. that's that's cool <laughs> yeah right and that's kind of like what i'm looking for right now and like what i think you're looking for too is just like people who when you tell them like yeah, I did shrooms and I'm like going to go after life the way I want to make it. And I like feel like an eight month year old and I'm like learning that I like this and don't like this. And I'm on this discovery and this adventure. Like you want to be like, oh, cool. Like, let me like, yeah, like, whoa, that's awesome. Right. As opposed to those people who, you know, like sometimes like, I don't know, like I'll tell people that I'm like coaching and I'm writing a book and that I'm have a podcast and I'm opening, like starting a new podcast and like, that I am quitting my job to like travel around the country and that I have no idea where I'm going. And that like, you know, and people are like, so disconcerted. They're like, (laughs) wait, why don't you just like have a job and like make some money and put your money in your 401k. And I'm like, (laughs) what a shitty goal. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm with it. And I really want other people who are with it because it's really hard to talk to people who aren't. Yeah. I've, I've had this similar experience. Um, yeah, and maybe one other thing that I thought of from this and that connected your previous question about life since, since the meditation retreat, um, I, I shared some stuff. I just, some stuff came up that I just totally didn't think about, but I've been doing more writing and over the past few months, like digging into some like themes that I've noticed since the retreat. Uh And one would be sort of like, uh, me, which right, like a bunch of people have written about, but just the importance of meaning in your life. Yeah. And just sort of, I realized a, a pretty what I'd say is like a pretty strong correlation between like when I had meaning in my trip and when I didn't and how, and so basically like, I think I got a ton out of the meditation retreat and being at the project. Cause there was a lot of like, I could see how it was helping me and how right. it was helping others. And, and I had some experiences for a while after the retreat, I didn't, or after the project, I didn't know what I wanted to do next, but I was like, like well, like these cool people who I like a lot, I'll hang out with them. But after a certain period of time, I realized, I think one of the main struggles was like, I just wasn't connected to what I was doing and it wasn't clear to me where the meaning was. And so to use an example, a question Devin asked me earlier on my trip through email, which is just like a brilliant Devin question. He said like, this is what I've been asking myself. First, how does this help me? And second, how does this help me help others? Mm. And so how does this help me help others has kind of stuck with me. And there were several points over the past few months where I couldn't answer that question. Yeah. And like, so like the idea of like traveling a bit in Thailand, we did some more is like fun up to a degree, but then like, there was just a point where it's just like, right. I don't want to go to the beach today. Like I went to the beach yesterday and the day before, and like, I just like want to read or learn about something or or whatever. Right. And I think the people I was with, there was more, and maybe part of it, some of them were going back soon. So they're more enjoying just the leisure, but like I was very bored with leisure after a point, but I, I stuck with it and I, I don't regret it because the people were going back in like a week or two and I wanted to see them while I still could. Um, so I'm still like, I don't regret that decision, but since, even since being here, I think one of the reason why I feel better is just like, uh, maybe being on my own, there's more autonomy in the decisions and I'm not with the group. And 
there's like clarity behind why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. And I notice when there's that, like things make sense more and, and I feel yeah. better. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think um, something that, like, first of all, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and this morning while I was writing, like before our call about like my relationship with Allie and how like I was looking for meaning from the relationship and how that will just like never work. Right. Because like meaning comes from within basically. Um, mm. And I think that to add, to build on what you were saying, like real meeting comes from how can I be of service, you know? And yeah. there was like a really pivotal conversation that I had with this woman named Michelle, who um, is part of the Knight Hennessy fellowship at Stanford. And she went to Santa Clara and I just like went to talk to her and she said, look, like you won't get into this fellowship unless you're serve, like unless you're being of service to the world in a way that is mm. like uniquely you and that like connects to your red string, which is like the story of your life, right? Like, okay. and well, that's like what's relevant for our conversation right now, but it's like that like really stuck with me. And she said like, you have to be giving like 150% basically to like this thing that you know will help other people. And so your, that Devin's question is like super relevant. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, it's something that I didn't really realize. Like there's this, this aspect of life that's like, and sometimes I think this is like the Buddhist thing too. And there's like the two branches of Buddhism, right? Like seeking enlightenment for, you know, like this idea that like when you find enlightenment, you go to this like pool of enlightened beings and then like everyone, the goal is to have everyone there, right? Basically, mm-hmm. um, when you die, right? Like you go to a higher plane and the goal is to elevate everyone to the highest plane of existence, which is like, I don't really get that. But then yeah, there's I mean, the other, <laughs> yeah, there's the other like branch of it, which is like, when you learn something and you feel closer to enlightenment, like go help other people learn that thing, right? And yeah. I think that's like a mission I can get behind, you know? And that's like mm-hmm. kind of what I'm trying to do actually in my life. And so it's like, I think that's very true for you also. Um, yeah. And the question is like, where, where have you found meaning um, in trying to like serve others? Yeah. Um... Well, I guess the first example I gave just briefly, you've already talked about, or I've already talked about it a lot, but just meditation, like it's really, and a lot of, a lot of teachers say this, it's really, it can appear selfish. And I yeah. think some people have that interpretation, right? You're going on this retreat. You don't have any responsibilities. I guess one answer to that is it's still hard. It's not easy, <laughs> but uh, right. it really, to me is a very selfless act. Well, well, it's selfish. And we talked about this recently in a, in a good sense. Like I feel better. I think I'm a better me, but um someone who has us he said that at one point it's a very practical selfless gift because like you know he said like what better gift could you give to your loved ones than being your best self totally. than being more compassionate being more aware of when you're getting angry with them yeah better at dealing with that being more aware when it's like yourself your ego that's talking and not a more deeper genuine self so so that has given me a lot of meaning and seeing how it's helped me and helped I think made improve my relationship with, with others. Um, and, and then again, being at the mindfulness project, um, I sort of along those lines, but just like, again, the talking circles just had meaning for me because I was getting better at sharing things. This is like obviously an important skill that's, you know, for, for the rest of my life. Um, and then, yeah, more recently, um, being here, I feel more of a sense of meaning. Uh, there's a sense of autonomy. So with, even with teaching English, at first I just did it to like make money, right? Cause I, I wanna do that yeah. now, but like, it's still like, 
after each class, it's like, okay, that kid and I were laughing together. Like I made their day a little bit better. Um, the Muay Thai is a big one because again, it's just, I feel like it's a practical skill. Um, I mean, I'm improving my fitness, which is good, but also like, again, as I go through life, I think it, what I've noticed since doing it is I have more confidence. Hmm. Also just having the confidence that like, okay, maybe I can be a little bit better at handling myself if I'm ever in like a confrontation right. I can't run away from. Right. Right. Um, so I guess yeah, I think what you're talking like, about is like, like one thing that helps others is helping yourself. Right. And like not yeah. getting stuff, but like becoming a better you, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that I think is like actually the first journey that everyone has to go on. Yeah. And or I, maybe not. It is. But it's a journey that everyone has to go on. I think I think the earlier the better. And and it's yeah. a tricky journey because there's definitely I've definitely seen it in others and maybe in myself a little bit, although obviously it's harder to see in yourself of like mm-hmm. self-improvement, but you're really not getting anywhere. You're just like right. trying all this different stuff. So, so it's definitely important to like I kind of need to create these m- mental like check marks of like I need to give myself concrete examples of like how this helped another person yeah. or how I'm confident it will in the future. And right. then I'm not just like tricking myself, but, and then this kind of connects to just what's happening in the world right now where um, I feel like this is an special, especially a good use of my time given COVID and limitations of what other activities I could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So right now it sounds like you're on your like personal development journey. Yeah. Um, and that you're finding fulfillment in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely part of it. Um, and yeah, just, I think still continually being more comfortable with like being in my own skin and yeah, I guess been kind of more relaxed recently, like even so like, okay, recently I just went to a social event. One person just told me about it. So I decided to go, she wasn't even there. So like, I didn't know if any, I would know anyone. I recognized like one person, but I just practiced just like just talking to people and like, yeah, that's something for most of my life. I just like would always turn away from. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, just, just going to, an, and I like enjoyed it. It was a, it was a cool night. There was like yeah. a fire and, and stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but I no, guess I felt okay. just more, yeah, kind of what we were saying earlier, more aligned with just reality. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for me. So I've only ever known you as like your best friend or one of them Mm -hmm. and like the whole shyness thing like you've never been shy with me really yeah yeah. there have been times where you like haven't told me everything but like shyness no you know what I mean yeah yeah oh so maybe well yeah yeah was there no I was just saying it's it's okay you you talk about it yeah yeah that's a great point I'll hop on that because this is one thing I realized is like personality is like exists in some sense right but like the personality of Dylan in a way sort of exists in other people. If someone asks you, is Dylan shy? You would say no. If someone mm. asks someone else who has a different yeah. relationship with me, they would say yes. And that's just like, so like, am I shy or not? Well, I kind of can't answer that. Cause when I talk to this person, I am, right. when I talk to this person. And this I'm goes not, back yeah. to like, only you know what you want because only you know who you are. Yeah. 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 Um, so, or yeah, maybe that, people that's... who know you really, really well, but like, Right. I would say I'm like one of the people who knows you well, like most well in the yes. world. And yeah, yeah. there's so much that I don't know about you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Like everything we talked about with your dad today, like 
I had no idea. You know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I can assume things, right? But it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like this is a good example of like, I know you really well and I have no idea. Which means that like <laughs> you need to be the one to like decide for you, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't have like a very good way to like bring this to a close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the other thing I'm thinking about with something like shyness is, and I, again, I'll connect this with meditation, but it's just like being able to realize like when something comes out or it's like my default reaction is to like move away from this conversation mm. at this event and hang out in the corner or something like, yeah. like I can follow that and that's not always bad. Or I can just like pause and like pay attention to that for a moment. And right. sometimes it's like this mini super power where it's like, then I can just sort of observe that and move past it and then like talk right. to someone. And so there's a lot of like micro moments. It's kind of like, you know, I never read the book, but I listened to some podcasts with James Clear, the atomic habits guy yeah. who you talked about. Like he talks about like, like atomic habits because they're very small. You just change right. a bunch of them and then suddenly there's like big shifts, right? Yeah, right. And like, I guess that's sort of an analogy to my experience where like, if I make enough, I feel like I've made a lot of small shifts and then I notice like big, bigger outcomes. Cool. Um, I want to talk about like the future because I think the future is really interesting and fun for me to talk about. Um, and I want to just like scheme with you mm. as a way to wrap up this call. Yeah. So oh, perfect. Everything that we've talked about, like, yes, it's the vibe. Right. And I think that you and I like share this vibe pretty well. And like, you're way more into meditation than I am, but I like recognize it. And then like, I'm probably way more into like coaching than you are, but like you recognize it. Right. It's so, like, we have these like, diverse skills and experiences, but are like on the same page about life, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so like carrying that forward. Oh, and something we didn't like really talk about, but you touched on in the beginning was like your mom's creativity and like, honestly, like entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like, yeah. so <laughs> what <laughs> with like what together when inevitably we like start some cool entrepreneurship project, like <laughs> project will that be? yeah 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 um i'll see well so maybe i I guess before i answer that question the first thing in my mind that i think is kind of the bigger picture of what you're talking about is like i've said all this stuff about like how i feel like i'm improving but like how does that actually connect to like the future and yeah i mean yeah yeah so like one thing how do you want to give it back basically yeah yeah yeah. how do i want to give it back so so before I get to your question, I just, one thing that's been on my mind has been like, yeah, working with people. And so there's mm-hmm. one job I've talked to you about. I'm, I think I want to apply for, but I realized like that's just in the future at some point. And I'm okay with that because right now I'm, I like where I am. Thailand is good. There's like a virus mm-hmm. in the state. So like that's kind of comfortably in the future for me as a possibility. Gotcha. And so I think I want to explore working with people. And I've talked about this before, this is also in the future. And I think there's a lot of steps I need to take before getting there, but like maybe some sort of research with psychedelics, maybe like working with people and facilitating that. Um, Yeah. But then, yeah, in terms of like a project with you, I think, well, first of all, you're the entrepreneur, so I uh, I would have to learn, learn from you. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess other areas I've thought more about are like writing. I know you talk a lot about writing, writing your books. I, I've been writing more in my notebook and thinking about stringing that together at some point. Cool. I don't know. I don't know when that would be. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, you talked about like the Jamaica idea, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that we should start a retreat center. Yeah, I think, and again, I think this is what I said last time. Absolutely. I just know like, well, I guess we could have the role as like, yeah, founding it. Right. But I think I would yeah. want more. A well, bit even more if it's experience. not a psychedelic retreat center. Yeah. Right. But just like something that, or I don't know. I don't want to put this on you. I want to start a retreat center. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> and I, I would love your help with the retreat center. You'd be open to it. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Um, maybe, maybe a podcast. That would be cool. Um, and then I guess the other thing about future, the other main area that is like on my mind when thinking about the future, I think I've talked to you about it a few times, but it's like the philosophy and organization effective altruism. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot of their stuff and I've been influenced a lot by some of it. And basically it's just like kind of the same theme of what we've been talking about, of like service and giving back to the world, but it's basically just adds math because when you do a little mm -hmm. bit of math, there are some charities that, um, you know, you can give thousands of dollars to and nothing really happens. And there are others you can give way less and yeah, they save lives. Right. And so they're just really into like, hmm. it, it's cool. really the definition of applied philosophy and applied ethics were, yeah. and if you look at what they've done, it's crazy, but they just do a bunch of smart people thinking about what the world's biggest problems are and how can we best solve them is basically uh, you should what they're about. So, yeah, yeah, I thought about it. Um, there, well, there's, it's not just one, there is one organization, then there's a bunch of organizations mm -hmm. that have their, gotcha. that have been inspired by them. Um, yeah, I've thought about it, I've looked into it. I mean, one of the stuff I've read about is the intersection between that and psychedelic research. And there's, they, there's like a subgroup who is interested in effective altruism and psychedelics. Mm -hmm. and, and it's right now it's not considered, basically they say like, yeah, more research needs to be done, but like, it's one of their areas where they talk about like world's most pressing problems. And then there's like other areas we haven't really explored, but could be promising. And one of those gotcha. is like new drug therapies linked to maps. And so like, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what's sweet too. That's on my mind. Yeah. There was one organization I wanted to intern with, but they, they canceled the internship because of COVID and that was yeah. sad. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Anything else that like you want to talk about? on this call um i feel like we covered a lot and so much yeah nothing nothing really comes to mind right now cool it was fun yeah that was awesome i like how we did one like two nights or three nights ago or something yeah. now or that feels like you. literally forever ago <laughs> for me like no joke me, so yeah, days have been days have been going quickly for me really so it actually feels yeah Yesterday felt like four days in one day. Oh my goodness. Because like, I woke up at three, <laughs> which is so early, but also just like, I've been realizing like when I wake up super early and you might resonate with this, like when you meditate is like when you wake up or when I really wake up really early, like I have a day and then everyone else wakes up and then I have another day. Yeah. And it's like, usually the way it works is like, I wake up with everyone else. I have a day then I like, then it's nighttime and I'm like still just like not like waking up in the morning is like being and being in solitude is like such a powerful time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced a little of that. My struggle was like, if I wake up early and I didn't go to bed early, then I, I then feel I, like, yeah, I, like it's worse. There's a period of time during the day where I lose out on the time I got. Cause I'm just like mm -hmm. lying down. Cause my brain is tired. Totally. 
Yeah. Uh, There's this thing that I realized the other day that like humans could like are used to or something like sleep. They would sleep for like, I don't know, from like, let's say 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. until like midnight. And then they'd wake up from like midnight to four. And then they'd sleep from like four to six, wake up at like six <laughs> and then like be up from like six until two and then sleep from like two until five. And oh, then be up or something. Maybe. Actually, it sounds super interesting. I think my resistance to it is I sometimes it takes me a while to go to sleep and I'm, I don't like naps. So I, yeah, that's eh, fair. I'd be open to it. But the yeah. question I always ask is like, what stories are you telling yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's a day. Yeah. That was another big part of, yeah, I really, there's been a lot to this trip stories, stories and rules that exist in the real world versus my mind versus most of our minds. Yeah. That's been a big thing too. I feel like the big thing that you and I have talked about is like reality. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, the whole point of everything we're doing is like uncovering reality and being present in yes. reality. Yeah. So yeah, to give one more meditation example <laughs> and like what you just said with stories and being with reality is like, in my experience, what I would argue, if I'm thinking without knowing that I'm thinking mm. and I tell myself a story, I believe it 100% of the time, right? If I'm on autopilot, Whoa. something comes up, I can't do that, then I can't do that, right? And that's yeah. what I believe. And then like mindfulness comes into the picture. And if you, if you realize you just told yourself a story, I can't do that, then right. you can look into yeah. all of that. Yeah. And that's where a lot of, I think, changes come I from. I did me. this with my mom the other day. I like I was talking to her and I said something and then I was like wait like maybe that's just a story I'm telling myself and she was like hey nice catch and I was like yeah. Yeah, yeah um yeah something that they talk about in this book that I'm reading right now which is called think and grow rich is like this idea of training your subconscious to be positive instead of negative so like what you just said is like when you are telling yourself a story which is really like your subconscious right like you believe it a hundred percent. Right. And those stories become the reality that we exist in. Right. And so if we can tell ourselves of the opposite kinds of stories, right. Like instead of living in a world where like the story is that I'm not good enough to do what I want, the story is I'm perfect and everything will work the way that I want it to work or as it's meant to work. If I like do the work, Right. And that's like, I realized that like recently I've been in this like process of retraining my subconscious to like think yeah. differently. Yes, me too. Okay. Dude, we're just on the same page, but um, yeah, totally agreed. One of the things that reminds me of is this idea I heard a couple months ago from like this podcast and it's this word called pronoia. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I just learned about it then. Oh, but the opposite it's of paranoia. The opposite of paranoia. So, Dude, so I have heard so much. Holy shit. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. It's, it's kind of the alchemist and, and there's like kind of healthy and unhealthy ways, but it's kind of the idea yeah. that like the belief that like everyone's working to help you behind your back instead of like right. working to hurt you. And it, it was like this funny concept that I liked. And so I, what I did was like, what if I just like added a little paranoia into my life? And so like, I went like a day where I would try to bring that mindset with me. Huh. And it was so funny to see the different, like how it helped. And so yeah. one example, I don't know, something happened like, I tripped or something and I got like frustrated and then I thought about pronoia and then my next thought was like, I'm glad I tripped because I have an opportunity to like 
reflect on my negative reaction and like be okay with that. And that's good yeah. practice because there will be really bad yeah. things that happen in my life, dude. And I need yeah. to be for them. And tripping doesn't matter. Like, right. This it was just funny to see that. Yeah. This <laughs> girl, um, yeah, one of my falling. friends, Shelby, who I was like with a little bit this spring. Um, and then we like got super close. She said like something about me that has really stuck with me that I'm like relentlessly positive. Hmm. So true. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am relentlessly positive, which is like exactly what you're saying. It's like, if something happens, like there's always two ways to look at it. Like you can always be grateful or you can be resentful. And why would you choose to resent something ever? Right. Ever. And so like what you're saying is so true. And I feel like for me, this goes back to like psychedelics too. And it's like, like it's called a trip, right? And there's no good trip or bad trip, but it's like, do you resent the change that happened to you or that you, that happened? Or do you, are you grateful for the change and the opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn from it? Right. And it's like, this gets into a whole nother discussion of like, what is a good trip? What's a bad trip? Do they exist? Like, aren't all trips good trips? Like whatever. Right. But like, just this idea, like literally you tripped. Right. And it's like, what could have been a bad experience became a good experience because you reframed it in your mind as something to be grateful from and learn from. And this goes back to what we were talking about years ago on like January 1st of like, there's no failure, failure <laughs> or success. There's just learning and learning. Yeah. 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 I, I would definitely agree in terms of the, well, I would agree in terms of like with the trips, at least after the trip. Right. Cause like, yeah, I know there's one study True. where it was True. like among True. the people who had a bad trip, like the, I think it was like 84% said they were still able to like get something out of it and, and right. like integrate something positive. But I guess I would make the distinction between the, how you like, relate to the experience and integrate it with it afterwards and everything. But like the actual experience can be, can be pretty bad. I would say. So yeah, like, true. Yeah. I, I think yeah, a, something else right I've been thinking about is like our peak high and peak low experiences. Like you, since you told me like, that's what we remember. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the interesting thing is that like psychedelics is never not going to be a peak high or low. Right. Which means that you yeah, always yeah. remember it's it. It's never going to be boring. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, yeah. And then, but then there's like in recollecting right like we label these peaks as high or low Mm -hmm. right but what if it's just peaks like what if there is no high or low experience what if there is no good or bad experience what if there's just like higher levels of presence or lower levels of presence you know what i mean like your peak experiences are ones that are like extremely resonant yeah regardless of what they are right and then like something i've been thinking about recently is like our traumas are our greatest gifts but it's like our traumas are just the things that we remember the most and that affect us so then they create us who we are and my dad said something to me the other day he said your traumas aren't your greatest gifts like you are the greatest gift to the world and like that was such a reframe for me because i was just like looking at my life and my traumas and being like yeah those like created who i am and that's my gift and yeah i don't really have like a where i'm going with this yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. it's really cool i think I gotcha. yeah yeah i like the thing with traumas and, and turning it i would guess i would phrase it as turning it into a gift because i certainly wouldn't sure. call it a like like the actual experience right like yeah, i, I yeah. wouldn't be like well, if this is a gift, then I'll just, you know, I hope other right. people you're get right, you're right, 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 right. It's the yeah, process yeah. of like and creating I, I think, who you are from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I think what it comes down to for me is like, I would say like, yeah, there's, 
you know, I'd say there's good and bad experiences, but even at, and, and at the time they can be one way or the other, but I think, I'm not sure if this is what, what you're saying, but like, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, you can, you can learn from it and you can, you can always turn it into something better than it, than it yeah. was, I guess. Or, or there, you can, there are experiences that I like wouldn't wish on people. Yes. Because they're hard and they're painful, but I don't know if they're bad. Like someone, something that someone that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like Viktor Frankl, who wrote yeah. a man's search for meaning. Like he went, he was in the Holocaust, like he was Jew in the Holocaust, right? And like experienced mm-hmm. horrible things. And then like went on to like write this book about how every person has a choice all the time to like choose joy and happiness and gratitude, right? And it's just like, I don't know, that's like really powerful to me because it's like you either, I guess. Oh, like okay so what you were talking about with like psychedelics and going into that summer like it's all going to be okay yeah. like if you can adopt that mindset and something that i like i wrote this this like not book did i ever tell you about this I don't, so i was, just like i was like too lazy to write a book but like i had this like day of like a string of just like crazy revelations like i got high and just like, all this like whoa and the first thing that i put in this in this not book of like 15 bullet points is like never kill yourself like always choose to keep living because if you just don't die things will like get better you know what i mean and it's like i think that there's this essence of like does your traumatic experience or any experience like break you or does it make you stronger right and like the next question is like are humans capable of breaking to a point where we can't come back and recover from it Anyway, this is like a whole lot of nonsense that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, no, I get, sure. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I don't know about the last question, if you can get broken past a certain point. Um, yeah, you mentioned like you wouldn't wish it upon someone. Viktor Frankl is, I think, a good example where it's like, for me, it's useful to do like thought experiments. Like, I'm glad Viktor Frankl existed because I think he brought more whatever positive states into the world than he did suffering. Yeah. And so I view him sort of as like a sacrificial being, right? Like I wouldn't want to live his life. Right. Right. Like, but I feel like no he ma- wouldn't be unhappy with his life though. Well, I think like the whole point. Yeah. But I, I guess there's a difference between he, I bet like he, he wasn't unhappy with it. I, I think he probably had a, like he said, he got a great deal of meaning out of it, but I don't think like he would want to live it again. Right. Like those mm-hmm. types of, well, well, I guess I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. It's um, like your, your question with your dad, right? Like, would you wish for the past to change? Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. So there was Victor Frankel. What was, I don't know. I think I'm forgetting. I think we should just pause here and then come back next time. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think we're getting to, to different yeah. places. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good, probably a good wrapping up point. Well, actually, we we it's had a wrapping, wrapping up point. Up point. We, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's where we're wrapping up. So nice, yeah. cool, cool. This is great. Um, I'll upload the thing at some point today and then send it to you. Awesome. I love this. <laughs> All right, love you, brother. Cool. Talk awesome. soon. Awesome. Love you too. Talk to you later. Bye.